Hey guys, and welcome back to the Blooming with Lime podcast. I'm so stoked to have you back here and so excited for you to hear this next episode. There has been nothing really new happening in my life. Just another disclaimer, as again, I am no doctor, just a fellow Limey trying to get your stories heard and trying to create a place for tips, tricks, do's and don'ts, and just journeys of Lime to have a place to be heard, as I said just before. I'm currently working on a website for the Blooming With Lime podcast, and hopefully the social media will get sort of going a little bit more intense soon. I'm also balancing out symptoms and trying to run this podcast. So just bear with me. And I thank you so much for all the listens that I've gotten and all the love I've received. I really hope this is helping people. Let me know if there's something you want to hear, something, a topic you want to be, huh, brain fog, a topic you want covered, any of that good stuff, always here. Send me a DM on Instagram blooming with lime or georgia wood with two zeros for the wood that would be great also if you want your story shared then also contact me because i'm really welcoming to anyone it doesn't matter if you're feeling brain fog or anything so am i as you can hear in this i am just wanting raw real relatable conversations let's get to it our guest this week is courtney schutze she is incredible. She runs the Instagram, a splash of lime with an underdash after it. She is running a really great campaign right now. And this is going to be a two-part episode. So get really excited. The second part will be coming a couple days later. So here we go. Welcome, Courtney Schutze. I'm so excited to have you on here. Also, she goes by Splash of Lime on Instagram, which is incredible. Everyone check it out. Um, Hey, how are you? Hi, I'm good, Georgia. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm really good. Uh, Well, let's just get right into it, honestly. And do you want to start from the beginning of your story? Yeah, for sure. So Amazing. um, Like Georgia said, my name's Courtney. I am 29 years old. And about five years ago, so 2014, I was doing a cross-country bike ride from Austin, Texas to Anchorage, Alaska to raise money for cancer awareness. Uh, My dad had just passed away from cancer while I was in college, and this was my way to um, honor his fight. So I was on this 70-day journey I smelled bad. I had been camping for, that, you know, weeks that's at a time. That's a very kind of beautiful way to do it. Like, thinking about that. I'm sorry to hear about that. but Thank continue. you. Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm about 66 days into the 70-day journey, and we're staying in the middle of nowhere in Canada, like in an abandoned campsite. And, um, I woke up from sleeping there and I had a bite on my hand. And at the Mm. time I had no idea what Lyme disease was. I had no education on it whatsoever. And we're in the middle of nowhere. I, the bite is swollen and I don't feel very good, but I think it's probably a spider bite. So I just watch it and go through the day. And the next day when I woke up even bigger and I felt even worse, if you don't mind me asking, what part of your hand was it on? So it was on the very top of my hand. 
Okay. Um, and I, was it a bullseye? Like, did you get the bullseye right away? Yeah, it was literally textbook. But you just did like because I didn't. I didn't ever get a bullseye, but I um, also, if I had one, I don't think I would have known what it was. Yeah, I. It was literally textbook. If I would have known, I would have like that a bullseye rash is what you get with Lyme. Yeah, I would have known right away. Um, but I didn't. But when you bike, your hand is up on your bike all day, like holding the handle. So I'm staring at it while I'm biking and just seeing it there and it's getting bigger. So the next morning when I woke up not feeling well, my, um, friend ended up having to take one of our, um, SAG cars, which is like your support vehicle. Yeah. Um, a hundred miles to find the closest doctor. And wow. this was in a population of like, I'm being generous if I say a hundred people. Wow. And so this doctor, you know, he's like a small town doctor, <laughs> obviously not very educated. So I go in there assuming it's a poisonous spider bite. I yeah. show it to him. He's like, yeah, you're probably right. Here's a steroid, like get on your way. <laughs> so I take this steroid and, um, all of a sudden I it feel great because it gives me all this adrenaline and energy. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm fine. And I keep biking. Yeah. And I don't think about that bite again until four years later where I, you know, I get back from that ride and a couple months later I am starting to have symptoms of brain fog and memory issues and I'm tired all the time and I'm thinking is this just what adulthood is like like you know whatever Mm -hmm. and and I go to doctors and they keep just being like your vitamin d is low your vitamin d is low I'm getting you know tingling and numbness in my hands and feet they're turning purple and red yes wait can we pause on that for a second yeah talk about that you're the first one that I've like spoken to directly as well that has the it's that bright red, purple sort of swelling, like yeah. So yeah, so it, I get that in my feet and my hands still. Obviously. Yeah, it's it takes a really long time to go away, according to my doctor. So it's called well, I have Raynons, which is what causes it's you don't have good circulation of blood flow in your yeah. Same, I've been told that. And then also neuropathy. So the actual like nerves in my hands and feet have been broken from the line oh. so that's where a lot of that swelling and pain comes from as well so yeah so do you whammy. have yeah do you have trouble like I live in Miami now and I moved here because of the good weather but if it's too hot or too cold like mine goes even more extreme to the point that I'll have to like sit down and elevate my feet and like put my hands in a cold tub like it's not not fun yeah, I definitely have the same experience. I live in Texas, so for the most part, it's always hot here. But yeah. um, I don't do well in too hot or too cold. And yeah. my body has a hard time regulating its temperature. So same. the temperature adjusts, adjusts like any bit, um, my body tends to have a hard time. Like yesterday, I was out with a friend, um, and we were probably only walked like a two or three minute walk. Um, and then we were like by a cute wall. So we were taking some pictures and I had to sit down and I started to feel nauseous and 
really dizzy and it probably took me almost an hour to like recoup wow. from it just from that little bit of walk in the heat because we're starting to get that summer heat in Texas. Yeah. And I was really frustrated with myself because I'm like, this is something that anyone should be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I literally had to pause our day because I felt sick. And I was like, I almost told her, like, I need to go get the car. Like, I need to go home and lay down. But luckily, I drank a bunch of water and ended up being able to be okay. But, yeah, it definitely is one of those things that is unexpected but can, like, literally just take your day away from you. Yeah, and I think a key thing that you just said there as well is obviously – you've now dealt with Lyme for a little while. So you have these coping mechanisms like, you know, to, if you're feeling that way, you overload on water. Like I know everyone's a different, but going back to when you're first for the people who maybe listen to this that haven't really had it for that long, it's so hard up front when you first sort of are feeling these things, but you don't know you have Lyme or you don't understand it fully yet. It's so hard to, kind of do it's scary you're feeling the symptoms and all of this and it feels like terrifying and then it's also that another level of you don't have the coping mechanisms yet so it's like what do you do so you stress out and then the anxiety comes on and I feel like just hopefully others hearing this knowing that these are very normal things for some people to go through will maybe make them feel less scared when it's happening so they can deal with coping mechanisms is there any other things that you would kind of recommend for if you're feeling that sort of light hit what what the symptoms you said so I my biggest thing is when I start to feel that way I automatically sit down like I'll just say like I'm I'm dizzy and need to sit down or if I'm sitting and it's happening I tell someone that I'm feeling that way just in case like I'm about to faint um, or anything, I'm just ready. And then I start breathing. Like I find that to be extremely helpful. I'm big into meditation and I find Mm -hmm. that really, really helps just calm your body down. Because like you said, anxiety can start to really come up when your, your body is reacting in ways that's telling you like, Hey, I'm not feeling good. Like this isn't good. Your anxiety can start to increase those issues. So I just start breathing and try to find a rhythm for my breath that's mm-hmm. calming and that tends to like just help my body because also when you're anxious, you tend to not breathe as well. Mm-hmm. So your body's not getting the oxygen that it needs, which just perpetuates the issue. So I guess that 100%. would be the other thing that I do the most. And you know, the thing that sucks and like while we're all, why we are all here in this like problem is a lot of times you just have to move through it and there isn't mm-hmm. anything you can do except oh, just know great. like it's the wave and you have to move through the wave but it will calm down like and like it is crappy at the time but yeah. it is not permanent yeah like I don't know how many times I've been out with friends and like I don't feel good and they're like what can I do and I'm like there's nothing like I'm just on a roller coaster it's high right now it'll come back down mm-hmm. like you know and it's got, just gotta yeah. keep moving But I think another point to like what you were saying earlier about when you're new to having Lyme or haven't been diagnosed yet, but you're having all these random symptoms and you don't know what's going on. Like I know for a lot of it before I was diagnosed, because it took four years for me to get a diagnosis. Yeah. We're going to come back to your story in a minute. Don't worry. Yeah. um, I tried to avoid Mm -hmm. or 
you're like, that's not happening. So denial, baby. Yeah. Deny, 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 push it aside. And, um, because a lot of it's like, that's scary. That's not really happening. That's in my head. I'm going to deny that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say for anyone out there listening, who's maybe not diagnosed yet or just diagnosed. And you're going through that, like, am I crazy feeling? Mm. You are not crazy. What is you happening? are not crazy hearing from both of us. <laughs> really, I, I feel I like that. it, but you're not. Yeah, I mean, that was like such an issue for me having doctors be like, you're fine. Like all your blood work came oh. back normal. And I don't know how many doctors I looked at and be like, you cannot, I cannot sit here and have you tell me I'm crazy. Like, yeah, I'm it's like, crazy. why would I be choosing to do this? Why would I be like that? why yeah. why <laughs> just yeah. like so what benefit am I getting like, exactly yeah. so you're not crazy what you're feeling if even if it's super weird it's probably the Lyme or mm-hmm. a co-infection or you know a slew of you know Lyme's friends that like yeah a little out. cocktail of yeah cocktail of things but um, it's okay to acknowledge them and you know, write them down, but you are not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also really key. Write them down. I wish I had uh, tracked a little bit more because I was in denial stage. So I wouldn't Yeah, for little bits, but, um, coming back to your story. So we were kind of at the point of you were, it was four years later, as you said, you didn't get diagnosed for four years and you started realizing the symptoms you'd lifted off fatigue, migraines, and then the skin sort of swelling tingling yeah so I was having those and heart palpitations I mean the list kind of just goes on and on um yeah but I the one that started to get me the most was I was starting to lose my ability to read and um I was working in a very fast-paced job um I was doing brand marketing for a restaurant concept that was rebranding so I was working like 60 plus hours a week um it it was really intense. It was a very stressful environment. And I was trying to perform at 110% when my body was at 40%. And I would look at words and I couldn't read them. Or I'd try to spell words and I couldn't. And I'm talking like simple words, you know, mm-hmm. like elementary. And I, I would look at it like, I know I should be able to read that, but why can't my brain? Mm-hmm. And I was scared of that and so I didn't tell it's terrifying yeah Yeah. it's terrifying because I Uh, thought I was like losing my like brain yeah (laughs) function yeah Yeah. (laughs) um as I get brain fog in this moment but yeah no um, no you're fine that's right I thought I'd step in there (laughs) it's so classic it always comes in at those perfect moments right So Um, that was like, that was kind of the catalyst of me finally being like, I can't avoid that there's something going on with me. Um, But I still don't want to tell anyone. So like probably most of us, the safest place to go was my mom. And um, I don't even think I told her that I was having a hard time reading, but I was telling her like, you know, I'm really like, the memory is really becoming an issue. Like I'm it, it was painful to wake up in the morning. Like that's still something I deal with. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know how to explain it unless like those listening, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Just like, just the idea of waking up 
it your entire body hurts like the mm-hmm. thought of like opening your eyes and it's not just a physical pain it's like a mental pain as well of just and like, emotional yes and like having to wake up every day to go to work and try to function on being very much a stubborn person and being a perfectionist yeah so you I'm very stubborn as well so that's yeah it's not a good combination no (laughs) (laughs) same agreed yeah um but yeah continue sorry yeah so I you know I was telling her about these things and she my mom herself has chronic illness issues um Mm. and she had been on her own journey trying to figure out what was wrong and um you know, that's a whole other story, but essentially she found a doctor in Houston that was able to diagnose her with, um, critique or ME and yeah. fibromyalgia. And she was like, and I was living in Houston at the time. My mom lived in Dallas. So she was traveling to Houston to see this doctor. And she was like, I think you should just go see my doctor. I feel like she could help you. So I probably after like a couple of months of her bugging me about it, I finally was like, fine, I'll just go. But I completely expected just to get that same old, your numbers are normal. You're fine. You need to take vitamin D, which Mm -hmm. at this point I'd been taking for years and nothing was happening. Um, So I went to the doctor, did blood. She was so concerned about my neurological issues that before we even got the blood work back, she had me do an at-home EEG for Mm -hmm. 72 hours, which was quite a fun experience oh all those at-home tests they always yeah. are I have cameras staring at you while you're sleeping and like wow. in your living room um but so we wow. ended up getting those test results back in December of 2017 and they came back positive for Lyme and I was astonished. there it is yeah I couldn't believe it but I still was so uneducated about Lyme that I was excited I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I have a Oh, I'm so happy you said that because I was the same thing. I was like, I got the diagnosis. I'm good now. Like, yes. I need to be clear. I, nope. and I completely misunderstood my doctor. Like, a total Lyme brain moment of I thought she said it was six weeks of antibiotics and I would be back to my old self. So I was telling everyone, I have Lyme, but like in six weeks, I'm going to be all better. Like I've gotten so much done with Lyme. I can't wait to see what I'm like when I don't have Lyme. Like I had all these plans for kicking ass. Like like I was, I was so obsessed with my job that that's exactly where my brain went of how I'm going to just kill it at work because I kept struggling at work, which was, you know, it didn't fit with who I thought I was. And yeah. So all my doctor said was drink a lot of water. You're going to feel worse before you feel better and sent me Mm -hmm. on my way to take doxycycline. Oh no. Yeah. And girl, (laughs) I had no idea what I was in store for. I hear doxycycline now. I just laugh because it's just like, the horror stories that come with oh, it. Oh my gosh. It's like a love <laughs> I've not heard relationship. One. It's uh, like yeah. that bad boyfriend that you keep going back to <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because it makes you feel like shit, but then you feel better for a minute. So true. And um sorry also I'm cussing like No, you're fine, I'm Australian. <laughs> that's a that's um, a lingo. It comes out with my passion. Yes, um, I, I'm I'm the same. <laughs> So 
I like I herked so bad. I had no idea what a herx was. So I start just feeling horrible, like the flu times a hundred and ten. And I'm still trying to work and I'm going to oh, work no. having to run to the bathroom, sit on the toilet, mm-hmm. and try not to throw up. Like luckily I never actually threw up, but I was nauseous all the really? time. And I am such a baby when it comes to throwing up. Like oh I'm like, where's my mom? I need a blanket. Like I, I turn into a six-year-old. Oh wow. So that's that's I, I feel like that's a very little like for me I've realized some of my symptoms they're horrible yes but they're weirdly ones that I myself are good with handling like I have I'm serious like I'm so it sounds bad but so good at throwing up like it does not affect me in any sense luckily that was one of my biggest symptoms it was good and bad because then I could do it and not even care about it but then I realized this shouldn't be normal But um, what I've realized speaking to more people is the way that the symptoms show is sometimes in a way that you can, it's, they're horrible, but you can manage. It's, it's interesting. Anyways, that's so true. So I could like handle the nausea. It's the idea of like actually throwing up that my body just couldn't. And luckily I I didn't have that. And I know a lot of people do and my heart goes out for them because that, that is miserable, (laughs) but I would just run to the bathroom, like get through the nausea or like, if I thought I was going to faint, I would try not to be in my office. And then I'd go back to work and the brain fog word retrieval, like all of that was getting way worse. And I started having a lot of attitude issues and that was like, so out of my character. And I was like having full moments of conversations and I wasn't even there like I would mean to people I was miscommunicating we kind of like and I wouldn't even blocking out sort of yeah yes yeah okay. it was almost like an out-of-body experience mm-hmm. it wasn't you and then and you were I, watching it, it wasn't me yes mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even recognize or remember that it happened until someone brought it up mm-hmm. to me later and then I processed it and I was like that wasn't me and then people don't believe yeah, it. Yeah, and they're, they're like, like, well, you can't blame it on your sickness. Like, you have to also take account for yourself. Yeah. And you're like, okay, and but it like it wasn't my choice of – there's literally a devil inside of me controlling that. Yes, and it's such a weird thing. And I was like, what the heck is happening to me? Mm-hmm. And so I just went to Google and started Googling stuff. And I found out what herxing was and was like, okay, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. But I was also really frustrated because I didn't feel like there was a lot of good knowledge out there. Yeah. And what what sort of Lyme. year do you think that this was? This was in this was probably now January of 2018. So yeah. This was about a year yeah, ago. Yeah. I was just like, about to say that was I was about because mine was 2015. I got the diagnosis, but it was not until about mid 2018 that I started started seeing a big sort of rally behind things. Yeah. I agree. And that was part of the reason I started my blog and my Instagram was because I felt like I would have loved to have a better idea emotionally how to handle it or see how someone else. That's exactly what this podcast is for. That exact motivation behind it. So, yeah, because I know I like I have a lot of brain fog. I cannot give advice medically. Mm. I have a hard enough time a lot of times Same. remembering my own meds. But I can emotionally <laughs> like, 
support people to make them not feel crazy or attention seeking or any of the horrible labels and feelings that we're sort of given. Yeah. And I also think Lyme is such an individual Mm -hmm. disease. Like you were saying, you got really bad nausea and threw up. I just got nauseous. I didn't ever throw up, but I've had a lot of neurological issues. Like that has been my main problem. Um, like hallucinations Mm -hmm. that has not been a fun one Um, did you ever hear like voices no I never heard voices yeah see I heard voices Uh but so the hallucinations I actually haven't spoken to anyone who's witnessed that so how if you don't mind like could sort of elaborating on that yeah so I um there's one main one that like I can remember that really scared me and actually led me to stop working. Yeah. Because stress is such a trigger for anybody. Like, even if you don't have a sickness, if you're super stressed, your body will get sick. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I have learned. Like, I anxiety and depression have been a big part of my illness, which I never struggled with before. Same. And the anxiety caused me to be more sick and the stress of my job was making me more sick. So I, um, I was home for Thanksgiving of this past Thanksgiving and I had been working a ton still at this point and really stressed about my job and not being able to perform. Mm. And, um, I think it was like the night before Thanksgiving, I was in my childhood bedroom. I went to bed and I, randomly woke up at 3 a.m. and I looked in the corner of my room and there was a man standing there and he had a fedora and glasses on like he was like from a different era and his hand was reached out like almost like come take my hand oh my goodness and I when I first saw it I was like okay my eyes are like it's it's a shadow like my eyes are messing with me so I blinked and like sat up and it, he was still there and he started walking towards me. So I took my hand and swiped in front of me trying to like get it to go away. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm like, okay, like what's happening? And he was still there. So I th- like threw my blanket at it because I'm freaked out. And he started to step back and I realized you are hallucinating right now. So I got up, left my bedroom, woke my mom up and was like, I'm having a hallucination of a man in the bedroom. Like, I can't go back in there. Oh, my goodness. And so I ended up like going to the living room and turning the TV on and not going back to bed for quite a few hours. Understandably. Yeah. Um, And then the next day when I woke up, like I it was so it was so weird, like my I knew it was real. Like I knew I wasn't dreaming because I got up and fully there and I knew it was a hallucination, but it wasn't like he was a mean person. So then my mind was very much like, what was my mind trying to tell me by this guy? Yeah. Like like, that was trying to be kind, but so that, but that was a, a real trigger point for me of like, you are so stressed and you are so sick and you're trying to pretend like, you're yeah, not. like you need to step back mm-hmm. now. Yeah. You can no longer live your life. Like you're not sick. Mm-hmm. Like you have to focus on this and I wanted my life back. And so mm. after that I decided that, well, my doctor essentially told me I needed to stop working. Yeah. 
and I finally listened to her. Yeah. Um, Which is yeah. like a very hard thing to do because that's your sort of independence and everything you've worked towards. Like I'm only 21 and yeah. I even like remember having to stop my job at one point and that was hard for me at 21 for a job, at 18, sorry, for a job I hadn't even really worked for. And and it was mm-hmm. just that fact of giving up the independence of like being a real functioning human in society. Yeah. And like, well, yeah. I think like at no matter what age you're at to have to stop anything. Yeah. We as humans, we need purpose and we need something yeah. like to work for. And that is a really hard thing to lose because you can feel like you're losing part of yourself or your identity and I know I really struggled with that. Yeah. And I, that's something on a daily basis. I still like can easily step into that dark hole. That's like just, there's just an inch yeah, I think that I can just slightly move into. That, yeah, that's very important that like it is, and it still is. And that's nice to hear from you. Cause for me, it is still definitely a moment to moment day to day, like choice of mindset. And those yeah. thoughts, they're still there, but I'm, I've now trained myself to be like, no, that's like, we're not going to go there. And let's say I am mm-hmm. more stressed. It's a lot harder to say, no, we're not going to go there. So it's yeah. once again, keeping that balance of like sort of non-stress life, which is hard because life is stressful. Um, yeah. I would love to um, get into the the beautiful blog, blog post that you wrote about, uh, the one that's called But You Look Good. Just, um, I just, the three quotes that really stood out to me was the name of it. (laughs) Um, And then, but you look good on social media. And then where you were thinking to yourself, what if it's all in my head? Um, And then your sort of summary of all of it, where you said, um, and I would sort of like it from your words, but basically how people are, just they have this thing in their mind of what one sick person should look like and you basically reworded it as I'm a human and I should be treated like I'm just fighting a chronic illness not oh what is this sick person acting like um what was your sort of inspiration behind that post and because I think that will touch a lot of people's hearts yeah so I I wrote that post probably I think like a month after quitting my job Mm. and I, I won't lie. I was not in a good headspace at that point. Like I was really struggling and to identify as a person who was sick and not working was really hard, especially because I don't look sick. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us don't look sick, but that's the thing with invisible diseases. Like, just because you don't look sick doesn't mean the inside of your body isn't sick or mentally that you're not sick. Like mental illness is just as much an illness as physical illness. And I think more and more, like more people need to understand that. And I definitely didn't have empathy before. Oh, neither. I struggled with it. And I now, I mean, that's honestly something that I appreciate about being Mm -hmm. sick is I've now learned empathy in a way I never could have before, which has allowed me to connect with people way more. Agreed. Same. But I think, you know, that blog post came from a place of feeling really misunderstood and judged not only by, you know, 
doctors that didn't believe me or, you know, acquaintances that I hadn't seen in a while that first thing they say is, but you look good, Mm -hmm. um, to even close friends that I feel like just didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And I felt, you know, that puts a wedge really easily. And I just hated how that made me feel. But also realize, like, this is my fight. And I can't focus externally. I have to realize, like, this is real for me. I'm not crazy. I'm blessed that I don't look sick. Mm -hmm. Like, that, like, finding a way to be grateful in all of the turmoil makes such a difference. And, like, it sounds so cliche, but it really is true, like, what's the flip of the coin and like trying to focus on that. Like, and so it was, that was kind of the point of the, the yeah. blog post is just like putting that out there and like letting people know, like sick doesn't look just how you envision in your head. It's not just someone with rosy cheeks and a thermometer mm-hmm. in their mouth. Like that's, that's not what sick looks like. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause uh, for, me, I de- like when I was getting diagnosed and all of that, I definitely I was I was a teenager, like I was not sure of myself, like I had no idea who Georgia mm-hmm. was. And I went from being this like top athlete to suddenly being sick and I still looked like this top athlete and sort of no one yeah. would believe me. And to the fact that now looking back and this has taken me a long time to admit to myself because I was sort of embarrassed by it, but I realized that unintentionally, but sort of intentionally, I don't even know. Um, I, because I already had issues with eating, but I very much stopped eating and went Mm. to get those anorexic looks, even though you do not have to look a certain way to be anorexic. But I now realize, I think, because I had a lot of struggle getting people to even be like, yeah, she's sick. And so I sort of created a physical symptom for myself to be heard. And that it's just like crazy to me that because um, like, that's amazing that you could just, it obviously was not just, but that you were like, no, this is my fight. It does not have to look a certain way. And I think that's really important because I wish I had heard that a lot earlier on. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, I still struggle with it. Yeah all the time like it's definitely a continual like beat it back into your head like you have to when you start to go that way like remind yourself like no and you know I though I didn't experience you know feeling like I needed to look a certain way because of it like I totally connect to your feelings of needing to do that probably subconsciously yeah that's a lot that's what it. I think so and it's from a place of like and I don't mean this in like a bad way it's just for not having any other words it's like when you're sick like this you have a weak mind yeah and so 100 percent you end up doing things or feeling things that if you were in a stronger like physical mental place you wouldn't do but it's like you, it just, it makes sense to you in the yeah. moment. And like, it's survival mode. so desperate. Yeah. And so desperately feeling like you need people to understand you mm-hmm. and like recognize you and accept where you are. 
you'll, you know, you'll, people will go to that distance. And I think probably a lot of people can connect to you and that story. And that's the thing about needing to change the perception of disease and like illnesses and have it more accepted. Yeah. Like we just need to take out this, yeah. Take out this judgment as well, I believe. Yeah. Um, so we've covered a lot. I cannot wait for next week for you to come back on for us to cover even more. Uh, if you would like to plug your Instagram and your website, please do that. Yeah, awesome. I've had so much fun. I can't wait to come back and chat some more. Um, you can find me at, at Splash of Lime underscore on Instagram. And my blog is splashoflime.com. Awesome talking to you. And I will speak to you next week. Thanks, Georgia. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Blooming with Lime. I hope it helped you and I hope you learned a lot. Have a lovely day or night wherever you are. And don't forget, sometimes real, raw, relatable conversations are more important than the hard, cold facts.